0: Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where sometimes we feel magenta as we discuss our favorite television show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're on the 28th episode in the series, Take Him, He's Mine.
1: Oh, God, this one is magnificent. I This is one of my favorite emotional ones. I think uh, the fact that it's it's so... It covers like such a, a complicated type of emotion, like this whole... You know, uh, feeling jealous and feeling angry, but, like, not feeling that you have a standing to, but sort of thinking that your friend is going to do what you think. For, you know, like, it, it's just, it's such a, a complicated situation and very true to life and not in this, like, black and white weird sitcom way. And, like, honestly, the magenta scene is, like, one of my top three favorite scenes of the show of all time.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the magenta scene is uh, iconic. Uh, yeah. for me personally I remember even like this time when I was watching it I was like yeah wow like that is it's so well done Um, but I specifically remember like I have a sensory memory of watching it when I was like I don't know 14 or 13 or something like on a rerun and being like yes like I was you know like I probably just got my period for the first time like I was feeling all of these things and I and I was like yes like I'm not really sad but I'm not like mad but I'm just like I feel like in this constant state of discontent and I was like that is exactly what it is and it and you know like I think sorting through your emotions when you're a teenager is is so difficult because you have so many irrational emotions and whatever and I think that's often just like kind of written off as like oh you're a teen like you'll get through it and whatever but it really sucks when you're going through it like it doesn't feel like you'll just get over it and I don't think that kind of sorting through emotions or misplacing emotions or not even being able to really articulate what you're feeling ends when you're a teenager like I think that that continues to be something that we struggle with and and I think one thing this episode really makes the case for is um one vocalizing your feelings even if you're not totally sure and two like when you don't feel like you should be feeling what you are again like just communicating that I feel like could have really helped Dorothy in this in this
1: one <laughs> yes no you're right and it's it, it's really it, it it doesn't change when you're when you stop being a teenager in fact life gets more complicated and I feel like there's more bad news gray area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for all you youngsters out there <laughs> Um, No, but it, you know, it really, it's, it's very hard to sort through the gray area of life. Like I said, like the the black and white of just like, I'm mad, or I'm sad, or like, this is my standing, or this is how I feel, uh, like, perfectly (laughs) articulately. Um, That's not real, you know, and it's like, there are moments like that, of course, but like, I really appreciate this, this show. um, This particular episode was like the first time I really saw. That whole murkiness that you were talking about played out. And I guarantee, you know, like as a teen, I I too was like, that's me. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> so emo. <laughs> but it's, yeah, so emo, original. Um, but but yeah, but even the premise of this episode of Dorothy saying, at some point she goes, you know, I just know I'm terribly upset because I'm letting this get me terribly upset. And wow, that is like so relatable. I'm <laughs> just like you're you're like tripping over your own emotions that you can't even describe and then you're upset because you're upset and it's just this like constant ball of ridiculousness and it's really hard like you said if you're not used to articulating them or you can't actually say it out loud because you feel like you need to have a definition of how you feel exactly um you just you're in this whirlwind and it's just it's fascinating because also Dorothy goes back and forth like in this scenario which like I in this kind of scenario in my real life where you're just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, no problem. Like, that's not going to hurt my feelings, whatever. You go have fun. This is awesome. And then immediately after you're like, I regret this. Why do I feel shitty? Why won't this person who I gave sort of explicit permission to do this thing, even though she checked with me, like now I wish that she had just read me internally and not done that, even though I told her she could. Right. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so real. And not
0: only told her that she could, I think that the, the other thing that makes this episode so good and so layered is like, Blanche only goes out with Sam because Dorothy asks her to yes. because he needs a friend. Yes. And Blanche, I think, you know, like, I think it's hard because you feel for Dorothy, but Blanche isn't doing anything wrong, in my opinion, like, pretty much the whole time until Dorothy, right. like, obviously, and she does the right thing, like, once she realize Dorothy's upset, but she, um, it doesn't occur to Blanche because she's not doing anything wrong that she should check with her. Like, there's no yes. romantic connection at all. There's no, you know, like, she's just going out with him because they both happen to need a friend, and, like, yeah. it's it's really complicated, and, like you said, like, Dorothy doesn't, she starts to articulate it and then she walks it back and then she comes back again. And it's like, it's only a fraction. I think of probably what's going on internally, which yes. I, I feel like is super relatable. And like, yeah, like of course, like we've all gotten mad at somebody for not reading our minds. And, yes. and then we get more mad because they're still not getting it. You know, like it's, it's a, and really... then you get
1: mad at yourself. Cause you know, that's an entirely ridiculous. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> assumption Magenta. You, yeah, exactly. It's very, it's very real um and i i just you know fuck b arthur should have won her emmy for this because this is like everything that she does in this episode like you said she represents like externally all of the emotions that they eventually talk about that are compiled in magenta but you know that like internally there's so much more going on you know like the whole supermarket scene she -hmm. she yo-yos like back and forth a million times and she gives the cold shoulder and she's sassy and then she's says she's fine and then she's like no i'm actually not fine and you know she's saying it in public and it's this whole hilarious like scene you know with uh lesor peas and and everything (laughs) yeah but but um but yeah she she does a great job representing just like how all over the place it is you know i'm I'm either going to get ice cream or commit a felony i'll decide in the car
0: (laughs) yeah and and it's so it's so illogical because i think um i'm not saying that she wouldn't have been upset if she and jeffrey didn't break up but like she only really feels those feelings when she's already feeling bad about the commodore you know like that relationship ending because he's being shipped off to some secret island he dumped her so he He dumped you
1: huh (laughs) (laughs) no he can't have contact (laughs) so he dumped you yes yeah (laughs) No, you're right. And it's like, I mean, that for me is super relatable, too, where you're just like the desire to have a partner, right? Or like someone in your corner. And, you know, Stan represents the failed partnership, right? She goes, how come every time I think I've met Mr. Right, I'm wrong? Um, And, you know, so she's really feeling that lack. And then she sees blanche pa- pairing off with her fair fair relationship i mean it's so it's very obvious that you're like i of course i don't mind when i have this like sexy commodore man yeah <laughs> you exactly. Know, the guy who knows how to tie her a lot of really neat knots um <laughs> but yeah but it's like to your point like that's when it really kind of hits home not to say that she didn't already feel complete you know complicated about it before but she had a different distraction so she did and i think also like
0: it it Makes it easier, I think, to feel bad for her because of her approach to it in the beginning, which is to help Stan, right? Like, there is a... I think this is also, like we sort of saw it last season but this is really I think the beginning of them being friends after being divorced and like he shows yeah. up and he's like you know he's super pathetic because he lost the business and blah, blah, blah. he doesn't like have anywhere else to go yeah um and you know Sophia still meets him with that like horse divorce I could care less. you know like it's, it's so <laughs> yeah. she still like doesn't care but Dorothy <laughs> does and, and I think it, it is very like um big of her to be able to um you know have compassion and and want someone to help him but but also good yeah. for her for putting herself first and being like I'm not gonna cancel my date with
1: this guy because you're sad yeah. but like go out with my friend like <laughs> exactly exactly it's pretty funny and I also love the bartering scene where mm-hmm. like Blanche also rightly so is like you don't even like this guy And you now I have to go out with him like this is this is a big ass for me you know like he, he personality of a dial tone <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, uh, you know, the whole bartering of like the cashmere sweater, and, you know, she doesn't want the cologne. Well, also, I have no idea what the difference is between Chanel number (laughs) five perfume or cologne, but clearly perfume is the daintier of the two. Yeah. Um, But, uh, but yeah, just like. (laughs) <laughs> when, of course, when the promise of like sailors is uh is there, you know Blanche will be ready in two minutes, which is yeah. Great.
0: And I guess you don't, you know, show all your cards to begin with, but like it's Blanche Devereux. Why not just start there? Like you know, yeah, that's going to get know. her. I know.
1: <laughs> there also are. We've talked about this a little bit too. I think where it's talking about borrowing like all of the uh the different clothing items and mm. other things. <laughs> You're just like, why? You know, like with the bowling episode, why couldn't? Uh, Dorothy wear those antique earrings Sophia <laughs> like come on and why can't Blanche just regularly wear your cashmere sweater I feel like you Same. guys are all friends <laughs> yeah
0: um and also Dor- I mean we referenced this in the last episode I think but Dorothy's um iconic silk tuxedo look is so yes. is like you know that's a moment oh,
1: um
0: yeah. and that's I love its debut. yeah yeah um I love when Blanche gets back from going out with Stan and Dorothy's like running down everything that happened and like you know she's just like oh he's so you had you yeah. had Indian food and it was five dollars or whatever. Warm beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. But also, um, Rose and Sophia are really like the side the B story here, but Rose is so perfect and she's like, Oh, try me. I'll think about what I had for dinner. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's so it's so good. And and um I do want to talk a little bit about the bacon, lettuce, and potato. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, bacon lettuce potato. Not cute anymore.
0: <laughs> um, it's another like, you know, get rich quick scheme, which I feel yes. like is actually better than the minx but not much um
1: correct yeah which is funny like two get quick get rich quick schemes within like three episodes which is amazing you know we've already had you know we what well, we scalped tickets mm-hmm. we had that which was kind of like an opportunistic uh, yeah. situation but um but yeah there's like there's just there's too much uh going on in the show it's really funny but i i wonder if that's like supposed to be some sort of deeper commentary about like the 80s gig economy maybe (laughs) like you know like they (laughs) what they have to do to get extra dough
0: and like the scam like the i mean there's the mama celeste thing but i think it's i think it's much later when sophia wants to sell the water from their host yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway let's but yeah, so johnny, no, johnny thumbs. no thumbs right so i also we talked about this um i can't remember which episode i guess it was the bowling one actually but like the sophia rose pairing is a particularly funny I think partnership because yeah. they're so like I think they're both kind of like um, not sh- not shallow at all, but but they're both sort of like Rose is so easily convinced, and Sophia is really only ever focused on one thing, which is often making money. Um, yeah. And so I think that really works well. And in this one in particular, it, it it's so funny because it, originally, like Rose is like, "Oh yeah, we're going to make sandwiches and sell them on a construction site or whatever," which is like. <laughs> crazy um but she never bows out even after there's no tomato so they have to make bacon lettuce and potato sandwiches which is like oh, no. it's sick like at no point is rose like hmm, maybe we shouldn't be doing this when there's a mafia guy across
1: the street like <laughs> I know. it's amazing also are the potatoes cooked or is this just a slice of raw crunch <laughs> i don't know it's very, a chip <laughs> very confused yeah, exactly so I was like, I- i could see, see some you know some cooked french fries right on there <laughs> yeah that's a new jersey thing yeah exactly yes exactly it's like a grease truck uh, yeah situation johnny no knees <laughs> johnny no knees yeah again like a mafia connection i love the, the palermo we have like the um the mention of a piano wire <laughs> and just everything <laughs> about the scenario is amazing and there is like Darty's so wrapped up in her situation with Blanche, but there is like one mention where she's like, "Do you think it's a really good idea to get involved with these mafia guys, which like <laughs> I'm sitting on the other side of my t v being like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I think we should just bow out of this one, yeah,
0: <laughs> um, but so uh, like they're kind of doing that, so that's like what they're preoccupied with with most of the episode, but I think it all kind of comes together when Dorothy after Dorothy and Jeffrey break up and um Rose has another one of these like it's it's she does this a lot with things that aren't St. Olaf which I feel like I didn't really realize before but she goes off on a tangent about how like the minute I heard you were dating a sailor it'd be nothing but heartbreak and it's like a <laughs> super long monologue about like what sailors do and then there's another uh mention of the orient
1: which is nice. Yeah, show you some tricks they learned in the orient I was like god damn it. yeah <laughs>
0: but the monologue is so good and Betty White is so great because it's really long I think it's like yeah. very hard to like and you can kind of tell she's like a little like out of breath at the end of it but it is so yeah
1: she she does she does it in like one breath yeah one it's gulp.
0: wonderful and then she goes the Vikings who are seafaring people like it's so great it's such a good I know, scene
1: because it actually could be complete. like you said it's a little different from her usual St. Usual Olaf stories and it's sort of like, why do you know this, or why are you going off about this? It's a, kind of similar to her like fantasy about like you know being locked up and having to escape from prison with a dessert spoon last episode. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but I love that they anchor it being like the Vikings, duh. Yeah, <laughs> you don't really get weird. it. You don't get it. Of course, I know about this. <laughs> um, and another running
0: theme in the show that is actually like kind of a bummer and i think like you know we talk a lot about how feminist the show is and 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 it definitely is but i think there is this um and it always gets disproved so i i Guess it actually is um, pretty feministy when you look at it that way, but um, there's a lot of instances of the girls and Dorothy in particular not believing Blanche when she says something about a man. Yes, like, so there's yes. the, the you know the thing with Elliot, but then later we're going to see Gil Kessler. Like, there's a lot of that where they're like, oh, right? Blanche leads That's around because the so she must have done it. Yeah.
1: And honestly, but what's funny that it's funny that you said that because there is the scene where Blanche comes in after her first date with Stan. And it's, like, you know, it's super early in the morning, right? Because it's, like, 5.30? Yeah. Is that the one? Or is that the second date? I completely... No, no, the se- the second date. Um, because that's when it, like, really sets things off. Because she comes home late where she's bewildered about, like, why Stan, you know, was ever in Dorothy's life. But the second time she comes in and they're, like, Blanche, it's the morning. And she goes, so it is. In this, like, flirtatious way. yeah. Which, like, again, that's her personality. And it's, it's such a complicated thing because you're like, okay, and this is, you know, this is why this show is so relatable. This is the same kind of gray area where it's like, okay, you have this flirtatious woman. She says these things and it makes, it's insinuating that something happened, but then she goes around and says that it's not, you know, so it's like, I get the confusing signals and it's very, but it's also like at the same time, like you said, like from a friend when she's actually being serious and not being her silly flirtatious self. That's like you know that's where you really need to trust your friend, but and that's where the issues come up. But um, but it is interesting that they play off that way, and I I wondered why they inserted that line because it does make you as the viewer also question like what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know she's sort of just like playing with it there. It's just it's very interesting. I just like picked up on that this time especially so because <laughs> as Dorothy you're just like what the fuck am I supposed to believe? Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. going on? You know um but yeah doesn't excuse it at all but it's also just interesting of like again processing the murky emotions where of course Dorothy goes into you must have slept with him you know Mm -hmm. like why were you out all night um it's pretty it's pretty wild
0: and then she does that like it it seemed you know I think it's it's um it's billed as like a crazy thing where she goes to the hotel room and and it's definitely over the top but like I think you know if you've ever been overcome by emotions, you've probably done something that seemed like totally illogical and yeah, you know, crazy to anyone else at the time. And and I think even when, I guess like in my experience, when I'm doing that thing, you know, like not exactly going to a hotel room, but whenever I'm doing something <laughs> in that your I pajamas, yeah I exactly go. when I know it's it's crazy i still i'm just like but i have to do it like i have to get peace of mind and like i think that that's what she does so well and and that scene that scene is a little wacky but like the (laughs) the emotion that she has the magenta feeling that she has i think is it really comes through
1: yeah absolutely and then just to liven it up like obviously it's just some dumb girl but the laugh that she (laughs) does is priceless it just takes that scene and just like makes you have that levity (laughs) just like taking a deep breath at the end of it
0: and Um, you know it kind of also like it um it makes sense that stan wouldn't sleep with blanche because obviously like he's a yutz and he's whatever but he at least like right now in the past few times we've seen him he doesn't seem like he would even he would do that and we we have come to know that blanche wouldn't right like so it's like that doesn't super make sense for the two of them and also he only sleeps with younger women like there's so many things that that make it seem like you know (laughs) that don't add up yeah Yeah. exactly
1: (laughs) exactly suzanne summers Um...
0: on the tonight show (laughs) (laughs) so good wow
1: i know speaking of blast from the past these (laughs) references like last episode but um but yeah i think you're right that like even even stan or at least the stan that we know him now as um even if blanche was game which of course she's not i really think that he would be complicated about it as well so mm-hmm. um but of course arty doesn't know that and she you know she's just she's swimming in this emotion like we said and she went to <laughs> maybe she was gonna get ice cream but she ended up at his hotel in her pajamas and um i just i i love that scene but obviously when she comes home and you know, Blanche and I'm sorry, Rose and Sophia are like you know talking about their their flower arrangements that they <laughs> get from from uh, you know the threat of uh, the mafia of uh, Uncle Vito and Palermo, but um, which also is just so hilarious and ridiculous. Nuts. Um, I know, but what a good what a good anchor. Um, Dorothy asks where Blanche is, you know, and she sort of like touches Rose's shoulder in this like loving way that really just says like. I'm okay now and I'm gonna go apologize to her and I'm gonna go talk this out with her. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's the same idea of like the B story, like they're worried, and especially Rose, you know, where she's talk when she's talking to Sophia in her picture this story um <laughs> about about Ellis Island and, and uh Spillsbury, Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> You know, she that that is the moment where they, they actually act concerned because, again, as we see on the show, like when roommates are fighting, like it's not an easy thing to live in that situation, particularly when they're both your friends and you want them to, you know, uh, fix things up. So I just love that little touch on Rose's shoulders of Dorothy being like... I've cooled off, I've blown off my steam, like, I I still am confused about my emotions, but I'm going to apologize to my friend and make it right. Um, and just in that one touch, it's just like, it's such a lovely, lovely moment that says so much with no words. Yeah,
0: they, there's a there's a lot of that, I think, which is like, using like a physical, um, like a physical gesture to indicate affection, you know, like in a, in a yeah. friendshipy way. Um, and I think also when Dorothy goes to apologize to blanche blanche is very i think it is um indicative of blanche understanding dorothy even though dorothy can't say it like you know there's that yes. s- that scene in the supermarket that's like she's okay she's not okay whatever and then blanche you know blanche is the one who delivers the magenta speech and yeah. she's not the one who's having those feelings in this instance right like she's exactly just like recognizing it in her friend and i think um I think we talked about this in uh, Job Hunting, where um, I said that, like, we, we said that we wish that they would have trusted the audience a little bit more to understand yes. the friendship. And I think in this one, they do. Like, Blanche totally gets why is yeah. upset. She decides, like, on her own that she's not going to see him anymore. And then she has this really emotional conversation with her where she's like, you know, it's okay. It's fine. And, and even though she was, like, sort of the one who was wronged. In this yeah. um she like totally just is there for her friend and that's like the whole theme of this show is like you know friends are the best
1: right and you know like she has that line she goes no way to really explain it but fortunately be- between friends like you don't have to Ugh. um and yeah, it's like, <laughs> i know right it's just it's so perfect um, but yeah, this this episode means a lot personally to me. Like it's very, very translatable to a lot of situations that I've been in. Um, but um not not chasing a friends so <laughs> ex husband or anything, but you know, um or or being uh caught up in the mafia uh with bacon lettuce <laughs> and potato. Um but also going back to uh, a more light hearted sort of gesture, um, or with a look rather that says a volumes. <laughs> even delivered during a line when stan is so depressed at the beginning of the episode he just goes i lost it Dorothy." <laughs> she just goes you never had it <laughs> so good but looks to the side in this ah oh, like only be arthur could do this in this way like that line is very funny on paper but the way that like she combines like the looking and this like exasperation of like what what are you even upset about <laughs> like give me a break you know um she just she makes it so much better than it even could ever be living on a on a page um i love that so much yeah that's it's so true and like there's um
0: the line where he's like one chromosome away from being a potato which is of course (laughs) foreshadowing to the Zborny. yes like we have we have a lot to come exactly
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, the uh, it's very very dark um, when Rose when they're talking about grief counseling which by the way she's back mm-hmm. from grief counseling at this moment no explanation um, yeah well she didn't get that hospital administrator <laughs> job so what are you gonna do um, but she says that she set the highest suicide rate in the office like it's so dark <laughs> but still really funny the way that Betty White delivers it like she's clearly upset by it but like you could delve into that like real intensely but yeah. <laughs> they just just like let it blow by and it's actually really funny (laughs) in a fucked up way Um, and also um, Sophia's i hurt my back i'm paralyzed (laughs) oh it's you speaking of speaking of getting rich quick schemes like (laughs) what like litigious america of like just an old lady getting slammed in the supermarket it was just fantastic um also there's a funny story uh speaking of old ladies of my great aunt uh going through the supermarket and um accidentally bumping into like this old codger you know like some crabby old dude that's just like kind of a menace in, in the society of, of uh, the, the little Bayonne, New Jersey life that they had. And, um, like, everybody knew him as kind of being a bastard. She bumps into him by accident uh, with the carriage, you know, and he starts doing this whole, like, kind of like a Sophia thing, like, oh my god, it hurt me, oh, all this <laughs> other stuff. And she, because she hit him in the ass, and she just goes, oh, knock it off, it's the best thing that happened to you all day. <laughs> and then just keeps going. So great. And gets, like, complimented by some lady, like, in the next aisle, being like, thank god you said that. He's such an ass or like, something <laughs> awesome it just reminded me of that scene so perfect um and also my probably my favorite sophia line of this entire one where it again it just blows through in the middle of other jokes and dialogue she just says oh i thought you were blanche when Darby's coming in like looking for blanche she goes once i thought it was best truman but then they switched me to 20 milligrams a day <laughs> <laughs> It's like the medication uh jokes, you know, are are throughout this entire series and it's like a perfect touch for, you know, the age that the ladies are at and as as well as like Sophia being like managed by medicine and medication. Um but it just if it, it falls in there perfectly. It is instantly forgotten about until you watch it and you're like, Oh my god, this it almost happens too fast for me to even pre laugh yeah. in that situation.
0: <laughs> it's I mean, it's just like another like you know, the underlying thing in every single episode, even though there's like these big plot lines that demand your attention, is like these girls are still old. Like they're still, yeah you're still going to deal with like disputes between friends and like weird romantic feelings and like exes and things like that in your 50s, 60s, 70s. And like yes. that by itself is unique. And I think what, you know, why this show is so
1: loved. Exactly. And you're also going to deal with having to balance your medication. Exactly. And yeah. <laughs> all, everything that comes with it. So awesome. Well, I love this episode. Take him, he's mine. Perfect. Um, are we ready to wrap up? I think so. Awesome. Well, next time, uh, please join us. We're going to discuss saving trees, but killing people. All right. free to Claxton. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye.